Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Sometimes last year, the married team presented to us the three work streams uh, that we are going to embrace for the purpose of where we are going. And they spell them out as one, culture, you remember? Structure, and then infrastructure. And on the 13th of March at the City Impact Bible Study, we added a fourth one called infrastructure, which simply means what happens within the structure. So if your leadership structure is sound, the whole body will likely be sound. But if there are frictions and all kinds of uh, trouble within the leadership structure, everyone drinking from the fountain will have um, <laughs> to partake of the chaos or the trouble. And that's why you have things in First Corinthians like I'm for Paul, I'm for Apollos, I'm for Severus. And you see sectarianism, division, and there can be contentions and every other thing. In First Corinthians chapter 1, give me verse number 10 and see what Paul said there. First Corinthians 1.10. Now I plead with you, that's where we are going to end today. We are going to pray on this scripture. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Is that possible? That you all speak the same thing. Is he, is he praying for what is impossible? That you all speak the same thing? And that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, if we do not have the same value system, it's impossible to have the same judgment and the same mind. You can't speak the same thing except you're well grounded in the things that you are taught. That you know uh, this is this and that is that. Is that clear? But when you are well grounded and there's no argument and all questions and all doubts have been settled, we can be of the same mind. Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. Any disagreement? I can't hear you. The child was born where? In Bethlehem. The son was given where? In Jordan. 
I taught you that in this hall. The child was born in Bethlehem. The son was given in. Because it was in Jordan that he spoke. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And on man transfiguration, he extended it. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. Mary was the virgin Isaiah prophesied about. Yes or no? The virgin shall conceive, not a virgin. The virgin, God had a specific person at the back of his mind. So if anybody comes and say, Jesus was not, Mary did not have immaculate conception, are you going to agree to that? No. So once those things are established, they become core truths that we all have embraced, then we'll speak with one voice and we'll pray with one mind. That's why these things must be made clear and simple so that we're on the same page. Is that clear? Last Sunday, I preached the message, do not be left behind, it is time to move on. And I shared with us that while Israel was on their own migration, their exodus from Egypt to the promised land, God did not leave it to the whims and caprices of leaders to choose which way they will go. He did not say, well, there are so many ways that will lead to where you are going, choose any. He gave them what I call precision GPS pillars. Precision pillars. They were there day and night. It's called the pillar of cloud by the day and the pillar of fire at night. And I told you last Sunday the purpose or the significance of the pillars. I mentioned three. I learned the fourth one after service. The three I mentioned were, are you ready? And they are one, defense, two, direction, and three, anti-distraction. You remember, you remember each of them. Okay. I was watching Moment of Truth last Sunday when God showed me the fourth one. I preached it before, but it didn't register when I was preparing for the message last Sunday. Miriam and Moses began to criticize Moses. Miriam and Aaron. What did I say? I said, Miriam and Moses criticized Moses. Is she now that we are not of the same mind? When I said this, you didn't agree. <laughs> Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses. That was what I was preaching last Sunday. You watched Moment of Truth. And suddenly, something happened. God came down in the pillar of cloud. To pass judgment. As I said, I said, wow, it's not only for defense, it's not only for direction, it's not only anti-distraction, like uh, the do not disturb sign on the door of the tabernacle, but it's only for judgment against the session. So I quickly took my note. Pastor Ike was there with me. I took my note, but he didn't see what I was writing. I said, there goes the message next Sunday. Anti-dissension. Anti-dissension. 
to dissension simply means undue criticism. And we are all guilty of it. Tell me one person in church who has not criticized someone in leadership. I'm going to read two portions of scripture this morning. And I want to make this simple. Where I'm going is to show you why judgment came upon Miriam and not upon Aaron. Because it would look unjust to you or uh, a, 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 a bit of partiality. How can two people do the same thing and one will get punished and the other will just be standing there? Do you understand? Yes, sir. Sometimes when you talk ill of leadership and you think you're getting away with it, judgment is lingering waiting for you. And if you're not disciplined, then that judgment will hit. Because you will see it in the Bible. God will say, if his father had only spit on our face, if he's properly brought up, he would not have done what he had done. Do you understand me? And therefore, if the father had spit on our face, he will be kept away seven days in like manner. This leprosy will not be healed until after seven days. People, because we are not conscious of God's presence, and even when we think he's absent, that he hears all things and he sees all things, we misuse our mouth. And a good shepherd who does not want his flock destroyed must step into discipline. Or else God will have to do it. First scripture is Numbers chapter 12. And the second scripture is Second Corinthians. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. If you look at the top of your Bible, it said, Miriam and Aaron's dissension. It's a whole chapter with a whole heading. I'm not sure both of them thought this was something wrong to do. Many people do not know the difference between critique and criticism. Critique simply means you have checked this thing out, you have some other suggestions to make so that it can be better. Criticism is coming from a critical spirit which is demonic. A critical spirit never sees anything good in others. Except oneself. The Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. If you look in the middle column of your Bible, the word Ethiopian there simply means Kush, which means black. Zipporah was not a Jew. But she was properly raised in the home of a priest, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And God who knew that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ would be a union of the Jew and the Gentiles, began with the head, or one who will be the leader of the church in the wilderness, 
that they will be both Jew and Gentile. I've told you before that Moses was too much of a Jew to be an Egyptian. And was too much of an Egyptian to be a Jew. God is going to break down the middle wall of partition. And so are those who act as partition between brethren. I'm going to be very blunt and clear. It will break them down. So they said, as the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses, as he not spoken through us also, and the Lord heard it. Tell your neighbor, God hears everything. Spoken and unspoken in his church. He hears everything. Won't you be more careful of how you use your tongue and your mouth if you're conscious that God is hearing everything? Say, every idle word men speak will be brought into judgment. If you have a tape recorder or a phone or anything that can record, a device that can record, how much more God? And the Lord had it. Alright? What did he then do? Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who are on the face of the earth. You can see it in bracket, which means Moses did not write it by himself. God had it inserted so that you would know the type of person they were criticizing or they were dissenting against. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down. How? That is the fourth thing I didn't see until last Sunday. I knew it was for defense. It was for direction. And it was anti-distraction so that there could be communion between God and the one he had set in leadership positions so that they can devote attention speaking to God and hearing from God before speaking to people. But here is God coming down in judgment against dissension. <laughs> in the first service I said, anyone who is conscious of this, whenever they bring some gossip to you, say, Ma Kubami, that's what I mean, that just go your own way, leave me alone. Then the Lord came down the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. Listen to this. God called three people out. Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. And they all came to the tabernacle of meeting. And God now called the two rebels. And that's what they were. They step forward. Now, this is why I know when they were talking behind Moses about the woman he had married and about whether God was speaking through others uh, apart from him, meaning them, Moses was not part of the conversation. So God wanted Moses to know the sibling rivalry that had been going on. Then he said, 
Hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you, if, we'll find out how Miriam became the prophetess, and God saying, if, if there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision, I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses, he is faithful in all my house. If you doubt that, go to Hebrews chapter 3, you will see the same thing stated, that Moses was faithful in God's house. What do you want, what criticism would you want to level against somebody who is faithful to what he's called to do? I speak with him face to face. Do you really understand what it means face to face? That the communion between us is sweet. The picture here is that of a man and a woman in an intimate relationship where there's no, no friction, no, they're just intimate. He said, I am intimate with Moses. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Then why then were you not afraid to speak against? The word dissension is not speaking for. Critique may be speaking for or wanting to make better. But this dastard criticism is speaking against. Why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Suddenly, Moses realized they've been speaking against him. So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them and he departed. And when he departed, see what departed again. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, read your Bible. Anytime they were not in motion, they were not moving, the the, 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 the pillar of cloud settled on the tabernacle. But this time, God departed. <laughs> the cloud departed. As I will show you later, I told them in the first service, so their covering was gone. Their covering also departed. From above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous. As white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam. And there she was. What? (laughs) The self-styled prophetess. Became a leper. For speaking. Against. His own brother. So Aaron said to Moses. Oh my Lord. Please do not let this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father... At birth speed in her face, will she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterwards she may be received again. Now, how many people sinned against Moses? Two. What were their names? 
How many people were punished? With what? Leprosy. How many people are now delayed in their journey? Everybody. They shut that out for seven days, see what happened next. This is why transition is critical. And we must avoid all booboo traps and all negative infrastructure emissions. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 2. Before I read, before I read this scripture, I'd like to share this with you. I've shared it before. That electricity can electrify and it can electrocute. It depends on handling. The anointing can deliver, but it can destroy also. Do you understand? Is it possible for two people in the same space to do the same thing and get different results. This is what I want to show you, that two people can be in the same place, the way they respond to the word and the way they respond to the anointing can destroy one and keep the other alive. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 17. Second Corinthians 2, 12 to 17. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find who? Titus, my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Uh, on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, I'm going to talk about you seizing every opportunity. But I will distinguish between opportunity and opportunism. And that will be my third instruction. Here, children, the instruction of your father. We are not led by opportunity. We are led by the Lord. Who opened this door? The Lord. How big was the door? Let me have that verse again, please. Thank you. Verse 12. Furthermore, when I came to trust to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. Go on. I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Is this codependency? It could not function without titles. Is that what this means? He had no one to share with and to check with what was going on the inside of him. There was restlessness in his spirit. If God had opened this door, why am I not at peace? The peace of God is umpire for God's will. It does not matter how lucrative it looks. It does not matter how wonderful it looks. The moment you are restless, pull back. Is God sending you a signal? He wants to check what's in your heart 
and he wants to know whether you will be led by him or be led by opportunity. Let's keep on reading. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now, we stop at in triumph. When you step out of Christ, there's no triumph. It's like the cloud has departed. You're vulnerable. It leads us always in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And this is what where you have to be careful. And to please open your heart and open your ears wide. It diffuses through us the fragrance of his knowledge. How many of you have air freshener in your bathroom? And when you do number two, you spray. Why do you spray? Because there are two odors. Okay. Be pretending like it doesn't happen. (laughs) You want to quickly exterminate that second odor. One, either for your sake, if you're living in the place alone, or two, for the sake of others who may use him. And you don't want them to enter the place and say, hmm, who used this place? I knew a man. I won't, I won't describe when. Because you will, some people will know. And many people listen to Moment of Truth. And I knew a man who were next door neighbors. He was living in the upper flat. I was living in the lower flat. So that must be ages ago. His wife divorced him on one ground. You want to hear it? He said, there is no day he will use the toilet that it will flush. You remember this story or don't you? You do very well. You know who. Uh-huh. We will not mention names. He said, I can't understand how dirty this person can be. There's no time he will use this toilet, he will not flush. So I'm not even sure he cleans up. I'm tired. I've corrected, I've done everything I know how to do. It is not just part of him to flush. I'm going. So how can anyone be, uh, be, I mean, can they just adjust? No. Go in the Old Testament and see the law of, uh, um, what do you call it? Hygiene and, and, and sanitary. And I, God said, when you go to do number two, dig a hole. And when you are finished, cover it up. Cover it up. Why? God does not want your own odor to molest other people. Now, we, <laughs> we diffuse the fragrance of God's knowledge everywhere we go. But when that aroma is coming out, it will minister life to some and death to others. Same aroma. Do you understand me? Merely not liking a person 
does not mean you should then <laughs> tamper with what he carries and what he's saying. Be careful. You will kill yourself. Not understanding what's going on in a person's life does not give you license ah, to do long throat. Just keep quiet and let God be the judge. Here we go. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Same fragrance to those who are being saved and to those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death. To the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? You don't even know that that is going on when you are listening to a message or when you are reacting to it. That you are either going to get electrified at the end or get electrocuted. Did Miriam and Moses ever think that this dissension will produce leprosy? I want you to lift up your hand in mercy for not striking you when you did wrong. Just lift, ask him and thank him, thank him for his mercy that he did not deal with you according to your own behavior or or undue criticism or saying wrong things that could hinder you and sidetrack you completely. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your kindness towards word. And by grace, we ask that sin be extended to others who have sinned against us and against you. Do not lay to their charge. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Food for thought points to ponder. For today's message, I would like to title it, Dissension, a counterproductive infrastructure element. Dissension, a counterproductive infrastructure element. Why do I call it infrastructure element? Because it happened within leadership. It wasn't the entire congregation. But what they did here now gave room for people to doubt the ability of Moses to lead. They came to him in chapter 13. Let us send men to go search how they land. When you read it in Numbers 13, it says, the Lord said, the Lord said, when you read it in Deuteronomy chapter 1, it said, you came to me that day and said, we have not searched out this land that we are going. The Lord had searched out the land But when those who are closest to you begin to unduly criticize you, the rest of the congregation does not believe in your leadership anymore. It's as simple as ABC. And when they are saying things they don't understand emphatically and authoritatively, they mislead others also. That's why such thing must be nipped in the bud. Or if you linger, it will litter. Let's, let's, let's think. 
Let God think through our thoughts. We have read both passages of scripture. Points to ponder. Number one, as I said, when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, their covering also departed and judgment followed. This is one of the dangers and pitfalls of negative infrastructure emissions. Leaders don't know what they are called into and they don't attach a heavy responsibility to it when they begin to criticize themselves. And I've seen it a number of times in our midst. I've sat at meetings and I'm looking at our people. Do they really understand what's going on here? And sometimes we have had to step in so that there will be no uh, casualties. The dissension or the speaking against Moses by two leaders supposedly close to him, his older brother and his older sister aroused or occasioned the arousal of God's anger. Would you then now Just say, it doesn't matter. Will you treat this casually when something of this nature aroused God's anger? Who are you to say it doesn't matter? Numbers 12 verse 9. Numbers 12 9. Numbers chapter 12 verse number 9. So the anger of the Lord was Aroused against who? Can you say God is partial? There must be something else responsible for Miriam being struck and Aaron being spared. Because the anger of the Lord was aroused against them both. Does it now surprise you that neither Aaron nor Miriam nor their children succeeded Moses in leadership. Say to your neighbor, there is no room for the bone of contention Dissension or division in the body of Christ. There is no room for the bone of contention, dissension or division in the body of Christ. Number two is a question. Was God partial in his judgment of this dissension? By two people we are in, one of them was struck with leprosy and the other was left. We have read in Numbers 12, 9, that his anger was aroused against them both. Why was one's, uh, 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 I won't say cleared, seemingly spared. I will say seemingly spared. Get to the end before you know whether I was spared or not. <laughs> Why was one seemingly spared and the other was struck with leprosy? I do not think God was partial. I think the ringleader here was Miriam. 
He was a ringleader. Aaron was a mere accomplice. How do I know? Despite their age difference, despite Aaron being the firstborn, when this story broke, say breaking news, and breaking out leprosy, when this news broke, it was Miriam's name that was mentioned first. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Numbers 12, verse 1. Then Miriam and Aaron. <laughs> so you know the ringleader, by the way, <laughs> the news broke. Keep on being ringleader of evil. Keep on being champion of misuse of your tongue. And see the consequences that will follow. I'm crying out loud so that you do not become guilty by association. Why do I call our ringleader? As I said in the first service, oftentimes it is the sisters that complain more about their brother's spouses. Especially if <laughs> I was talking to someone, may God have mercy on us all. I was talking to someone about what she has done wrong. He said, after all, she's my child. And so what? And so what? You are a mere means of transportation into this planet. You want me to give you chapter and verse of those who do not regard what their sons carry or what their daughters carry and they backfire on them? Sisters are sometimes jealous over their brother. No woman is good enough. Sometimes it is mothers. But in this instance, it was Miriam. Why? She had played a significant role when Moses was a baby. Do you know when Moses was a baby, Miriam was a maiden? The Bible says, and the maiden, so she was not a little girl. There's gap. And the maiden went to call her mother to come and meet Pharaoh's daughter. When Moses was a baby kept in the ark. Miriam was already maiden. And it was out there watching what would befall a brother. The mother had gone. The father had gone. Aaron was not there. She was protective of her brother. And the daughter of Pharaoh opened the ark and said, oh, this is a brutal. And Moses said, wah, wah, wah. And she said, can I call one of the me and one of the Hebrew women for you? She said, yeah, please go. And she gave, it, gave him to her and said, raise him for me. I will pay you wages. Isn't God awesome? Moses' mother was the first man, Jochebed, her name. Her father's name was Amram. His father's name was Amram. 
She was the first woman paid for raising her own child. Sustained by the palace. And what value did she put in Moses? Egyptian values? No. <laughs> so by the time he was returning to the palace as Pharaoh's daughter's son, he had already been equipped with enough <laughs> virtue to fight the aggression and the oppression of Egypt. It was a question of time. And God allowed that to continue until Moses turned forth. Then it came into his heart to visit his brethren. What was inside began to eat him up. That's not my focus today. That man prepared by God that way is the one the sister now said, is God speaking through him alone? was <laughs> And all the women say, yes. That's your trademark. <laughs> when you are angry, it doesn't matter who. You recall that when Moses was leading the people into the promised land out of Egypt, Zipporah was not there. Zipporah was with the father, raising the children. Do you understand me? And a time came when Jethro, the priest of Midian, now brought. He said, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, had come with your wife and with your children, two sons. And he received him. And he offered sacrifice unto God and gave counsel to his son-in-law before he departed. So when this woman returned to the camp, Miriam's position changed. Now there is a first lady. <laughs> uh, Numbers 12 verses 1 and 2. The Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. They were meeting the woman now. And if you don't believe she was pretty, go see Egyptian girls. Ask Kwame Nkrumah why he did not marry from Ghana and he had to go all the way to Egypt to marry Fatima. <laughs> Egyptians lady are not only pretty, they are exotic. You say, how do you know, Pastor? I'd been to Cairo to preach. I took my wife with me. We, oh, yes. Uh-huh. We went into perfume store to buy perfume, oil, the original concentrate that they mix alcohol with to give you your own perfumes, the original oil. And the lady there said, sir, if you take this particular oil, I can apply it to you now. You will not take more than five minutes work before girls begin to follow you. I said, woman, I have enough problem without the oil. <laughs> Please don't add the oil to it. It will be a serious problem. If you don't believe, go to Cairo. So I'm saying, Zipporah must have it together as she stepped into the limelight being enjoyed by her husband Miriam felt displaced unhealthy rivalry began 
Ematurimi reja jakuo. Ematurimi. Ematurimi reja jakuo. Eni fila mi ba wori elomi ade. Eni fila mi ba wori elomi ade. Ematurimi. Ematurimi reja jakuo. Don't go and fight yourself to death. It is a person my cap fits ahead that will wear it. So it was Zipporah, whose father took care of Moses while he was in exile for 40 years. That the cap. How do I know that Miriam felt? Sideline, because she had been throwing her weight around and influencing women, leading their band so that she was in charge of women ministry that God did not create. (laughs) Say, where is that? Exodus chapter 15. They just crossed the Red Sea and Moses wrote a beautiful song. Are you listening? (laughs) Uh, Exodus 15 verse number 1 Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song Who and who sang it? Moses and the So was that congregational song? Was it a congregational song? Did everybody participate in the song? Thank you. So then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider as he thrown into the sea. That's the song you normally sing now. Those who sang it then knew what they went through. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will praise him, my father's God. And I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths are covered them, they sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath, it consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floor stood upright like a heap. The decks congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Hey, most of well, Hey, 
I would destroy them. God was looking at him. Let's read. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead. They drowned like stone. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord? Among the gods, who is like you? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises. That was the song they were singing. And when they finished, they shared the benediction of what happened that day in verses 18 and 19. They summarized what happened after the song. The preacher closed the service. Verses 18 and 19. Listen to this. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. And the people said, Amen. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and his horsemen into the sea. The Lord brought by the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. End of the service. Good night. God bless you. Uh, good afternoon. God bless you. May the Lord keep you as you go. And may the Lord perfect all that concerning you. Amen and amen. Then. Then. Somebody say then. Opportunity presented itself. Then Miriam the prophetess. Who made that one? Even Deborah was introduced in the book of Judges as Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidot, who was her own husband. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, this guy is not going to submit to anybody's authority. Do you understand me? You're not getting this. Can I list prophetesses for you in the Bible and show you or you do your study? You see them, you see their husband. Sometimes the prophetess or a prophetess is a wife of a prophet. Like Ezekiel. And I went into the prophetess. Do you understand me? But this low ranger. I'd gone around. I'm using my imagination. I was not there. And you can't disprove it. Because you are not there also. She had told every woman. That listened to her. Listen to me. But for me there will be no Moses. She was throwing all her weight around. But for me there will be no Moses. You know there are some. Let's, let's leave it. There are some people who think without them, the citadel cannot rise. It has not only risen, it has been covered. Amen. And no one can stop what God has begun. Amen. Let me keep on reading. The Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand... And all the women, minors, Moses' wife, because he had not come. And all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. He had trained them. This is the occasion to showcase all our training efforts. Like Absalom seduced all men of Israel. Miriam had gotten the heart of all the women. 
in the congregation. And Miriam answered them. Who spoke to? Who asked her question? She was leading the chorus. Sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has going to the sea. Why didn't you write your own song? Service has ended. Am I lonely? They must have the last say. Nobody can do it better than them. I'm looking at how you, you can desecrate yourself without knowing. Do you get my point? Yes. The service has ended. Hello? Yes, they have, it was a congressional hymn. Not women's ministry. Oh, why are you this adamant? Don't you believe in women ministry? No, I don't. I believe in ministry of the word. Whether it's done by women or done by men, it must be done to the entire congregation. In many churches today, the moment the man is called, the woman is also called. It's only in the church that you have animal with two heads. It is automatic. And they will give you instance. They are one. Also, Aaron did not have a wife. Why did God call him and his four sons? Because there were types and shadow of fivefold ministry. Why does the Bible talk all the time of 12 sons? Didn't Jacob have a daughter? It's not because they are not important. It's because God is building a type and shadow for the future. If Jesus had chosen one woman as one of the apostles, he would desecrate that order. Now that there will be no women apostles, there will be people like Phoebe who will become apostles later, but it's not yet time. God knows why he does what he does. Why did Moses choose 70? Because Jesus is going to have another 70. 70 is the number of nation, 12 is the number of government. Miriam just stepped in and became the prophetess. Well, there was a, a wife, a pastor's wife also who did that in the New Testament. Revelation chapter 2, open it for me please. Revelation 2, I want to show you the heading. All these men are opening their Bible from concordance. Thank you my dear. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 18. Kindly read the head. Revelation 2, 18. What is the head there? The corrupt church. Nothing corrupts the church more than self-appointed prophets and prophetesses. Not ordained by God, but they self-appoint themselves. Let's read. And to the angel of the church in Tyre write, This thing said the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. (laughs) Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow who? That woman, Jezebel. I thought Jezebel died with Ahab. No, it's a spirit dimension. He had escaped from the Old Testament into the New. And what, uh, what were... Uh, activities that woman Jezebel who calls herself 
which means God did not call her into that office. She's a self-type prophetess. Jezebel, are you hearing me? Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today. But it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. This message will continue in a subsequent episode. I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.